Hello, we're basically just about at the end of another full week for this podcast. Happy 6-9 day to all those who celebrate. Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure everyone that listens to this podcast knows what that means. It is a nice uh, date, as the, as everyone says. Um, and anyways, um, for today's show, we're going to get into um, an interesting um, article from Frank Zaravelli today that involves John Marino. We're also going to get into a player who I think the Penguins could make a play for over the offseason. Not a free agent, but someone that they could get um, via a trade. And then we might also start, uh, we'll continue potentially the season reviews uh, with getting into either the goalies or defensemen. I think I might do Tristan Jari um, for the final, final segment. So that's all coming up right after this drop. Your Locked On Penguins, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes, remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at Eleanor Penguins. Of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. So let's get right into it. So Frank Zavelli dropped his first um, big um, article for the offseason for most of the teams because there's only three teams left playing right now. And it's his trade bait article, trade targets. Um, he listed his top 25 um, for the offseason right now. Um, Alex DeBrincat leads us off, then Kevin Fiala, Jacob Chikrin, JT Miller, Devil's number two overall pick, Tony D'Angelo, John Gibson, Tyson Berry, Pavel Zaka, Philip Myers, Jeff Petrie. And then for the Penguins, he has John Marino. Um, and he has the scoop for it. And he says, the Penguins received a few calls on Marino ahead of the trade deadline, remain focused and committed on their playoff push. The truth is, though, Marino is not Pittsburgh's preferred choice to move on their back end. That would be Marcus Pedersen. But no team seems willing to take on Pedersen's three more years at just over $4 million. While there are teams interested in Marino and the Penguins have a real need to move money if they're going to run it back with Chris Tang, Evgeny Malkin, and Brian Rust next to Sidney Crosby. Um, you know, I wish I could say I was surprised that Marino is on this, but I will say this for you all. I would think the only way Marino gets moved um, is if Latang does come back because they will, they will have that luxury to, you know, dangle him for, you know, maybe a top nine forward. Um, I, I don't know. I don't think you're going to get a top line, like a first line forward for him, but, you know, maybe someone that can play on your second line, play on, um, on your third line. I mean, you know, there's all the rumors with Connor Garland in Vancouver and, you know, Brock Besser at the time before, you know, we, we, everyone knew that he had his $7.5 million salary, which would have made things very complicated, I think, um, for the Penguins. But again, you know, I, I think teams are going to come calling on Marino. He had a really good playoff run up until that mistake in game seven against the Rangers where he coughed the puck away. Tamika Zibanejad, um, I've talked about that play numerous times on this show. He has to either, you know, trap the puck along the boards um, or just send it around. You, you can't put that puck on a silver platter uh, to one of the Rangers' best goal scorers, to say the least. But, and you know, the, the Penguins, they made the right move at the deadline. You know, they, they kept Marino. You know, if, if he gets moved, you know, your right side then looks like Chris Letang, Chad Ruedel, and, you know, potentially Mark Freeman. But, but usually he plays on his offside. So, you know, I, I, don't, I don't really know if, if he would play on his usual side. 
Um, maybe he would, maybe he wouldn't have, maybe he wouldn't, but you know, he was also playing better down the stretch with Marcus Pedersen. And, you know, that turned out to be one of their best pairings in the playoffs is that, you know, they were shutting down any line that the Rangers were throwing at them until obviously, you know, Pedersen has helmet, had his helmet knocked off and all of that. So again, I really only see this happening if Latang does come back, if he doesn't and the Penguins do out and maybe sign someone then I could, then you know, I, I could still see them moving on from Marino and getting a decent return back for him because, you know, as as Frank says here, you know, the contract, five more years at four point four million. If if you're not getting a lot of offense from that kind of player, it's you're up a creek a little bit. You know, I I've always thought the world of his defensive ability, um, his zone entries per sixty, his zone exits per sixty, especially, are some of the best on the team. Um, but you know, last season, you know, offensively, you know, one goal, twenty-four points, twenty-five. Uh, one goal, excuse me, twenty-five points, eighty-one games. But you know, that goal came um, all the way back at the beginning of the season. You know, it's hard to believe that he only scored once last year, considering that he's had you know a, a lot more than that with his career. You know, I think he was not trying to take too many chances in the offensive zone. I think he just wanted to. You know, focus on playing defense, but you know that's also what Marcus Pedersen does. But he turned into Paul Coffey a little bit down the stretch and was looking like the offensive juggernaut on that pairing. When in reality, you know, it should be Marino. I think that's turning in that that turns into, you know, what we saw from Pedersen in the offensive zone uh, down the stretch. Um, right now, like what I'm as I'm looking at it, I don't think he will get traded. But you know. Nothing will truly surprise me just because, you know, this team is in a salary cap crunch, excuse me, as they basically are every single year under this core. You know, I know the Fenway Sports Group wants to spend their money, rightfully so. They still have a prime Sidney Crosby. Jake Ensel is still Jake Ensel. You got to figure out what you're doing with your free agents. Uh, but as long as you have Sid playing at this level, and as long as you have a 40 goal scorer in Jake and you have a goalie that can give you at least a 920 or better season, you know, they're going to try, you know, their very best to win. And, you know, I, I do think Marino is valued around the league. I think especially for someone who's so young like him, his contract, while it's not great, I could see teams, you know, seeing it and being like, okay, you know, this is still good value for someone who's really good in his own zone. Maybe doesn't, you know, give you as much offense as other defensemen could. But, you know, maybe some a team thinks that they could unlock that potential in him. You know, teams evaluate players differently from other teams. I would have to think the Penguins could get – pretty good value back again. I would think a top nine forward, you know, and maybe a draft pick. Um, you're probably not going to get any more than that. Um, you know, I, I think you could easily get uh, way more than a bottom six forward back um, for, for someone like Marino. So wanted to kick off the podcast, um, touching on that topic today. Um, you know, it's now that we're almost to the full off season with the Stanley Cup final coming up, uh, you know, you're going to see a lot of silly season rumors and all this stuff. I think um, uh, my friend Danny on Penguins Twitter tagged me in what Chris Johnson said today on his radio show. He said, um, as of right now, he probably would not think Latang or Malkin is coming back. You know, my thoughts on that, I'll share that here to end the segment, even though I just basically touched on the whole Marino thing. Um, still early. You know, we still got till J- uh, July 13th. That's when free agency opens. They still have right now th- 34 days. You know, you have about five weeks to get a deal done. Um, it's it's not uh, crunch time yet, um, but it's it's getting pretty close, to say the least. So, um, again, I'm not super worried right now. But if, if things keep 
progressing like this and I keep hearing the same things from other insiders and all that, you know, I'm definitely going to start to get a little concerned. You know, I have it on the back of my mind right now. That's for sure. I try not to think about it too much, but you know, let's see what the coming weeks bring. You know, all it takes people, all it takes is a simple phone call from one of the two sides that gets things moving and then you see an insider tweet out, you know, hearing, oh, the Penguins and Beginning Malkin really close to an extension. They'll keep him here for the rest of his career. Hearing the Penguins and Crystal Tang are very close to an extension that's going to keep him here for the rest of his career as well. You know, it, that can happen literally at any time of the day. So um, my best advice for you all, um, don't think too much on it, um, but I would have the notifications on for the top insiders. Um, that's for sure. And, and the Penguins Twitter account, um, to say the least. So that'll do it for this segment of the Lockdown Penguins podcast. Coming up in the next in the second segment, I'm going to have uh, have I'm going to talk about that player that I could see the Penguins making a move for, and it's a player on a team that just got eliminated. So I'm sure you can probably figure out at least the team um, um, while you're listening to the commercial break here, uh, but maybe not the player. So I'm going to get to that right after this. But before um, we touch on that, um, our next partner has a product I use literally every single day and that's athletic greens i started using athletic greens because you know i sometimes didn't have time during the day to have you know go to work out i wanted more energy i wanted to optimize my immune system i don't usually like taking a lot of vitamins during my day um, i also wanted to see what the hype was about because i kept seeing a lot of it on social media so what is this stuff with one delicious scoop of athletic greens you are absorbing 75 high quality vitamins minerals whole food source superfoods and probiotics to help you start your day right the special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. That's all of those things. It's lifestyle friendly, whether you eat keto, uh, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. It supports better sleep quality and recovery. It supports mental clarity and alertness. It's the one thing with the best things. Athletic Greens uses the best of the best products based on the latest science with constant pro uh, product irritations and third-party testing. Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews um, trusted by leading health experts such as Tim Ferriss. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. There's no need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com NHL network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com NHL network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, we're back here on this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. So you may have guessed the team, and yes, it is the Edmonton Oilers, but what about the player here who I think the Penguins could go after? What, what would you all think of maybe Jesse Pugliarvi in a Penguin uniform next year? I've seen that floated around a little bit on the socials and I think on some sports talk radio as well. So I wanted to do uh, some of my own research, look into how he played with the Oilers this year and all that. Um, you know, played 65 games, 14 goals, 36 points in those games. Um, that's, that's the best in his career so far. He's also only 24 years old. Before this season, his best year was 15 points, uh, 15 points, 15 goals, 25 points in 55 games last year when he played basically the entire season. Um, this is a player that, you know, he's it's kind of he's kind of been in Edmonton's doghouse for, you know, basically his entire Oilers career. And I think he could definitely use 
a fresh start. Um, played well in the playoffs, but, you know, we'll get to the regular season here. Um, again, 65 games, was on the ice for – for when he was on the ice, the Oilers had 58% of the shot attempts. That's a career high for him. Also, 64% of the actual goals. Only 20, He was only on the ice for 28 goals against this season at 5v5. That is – Absolutely crazy. 51 goals for his expected goals percentage, 59.7%. That is a career high for him. 56% of the scoring chances for the Oilers when he was on the ice, 58% of the high danger chances, 31 goals for 12 high danger goals against that 72 that comes out to 72% high danger goals for and only shot 8.2% this year. Um, he was an absolute menace in the offensive zone. His defensive metrics were also really solid. Um, this is a player that I think can definitely be had, especially because Ken Holland is not good at what he does. Um, you know, you, you know, I, I will always say this. I don't know if I said I've had this saying on the podcast a lot, but and I've said it to myself a whole lot. If you are an NHL general manager, or at least a good one, all you got to do is target the bad ones and see if you can make a trade. And I definitely feel like someone like Ken Holland can be had with Jesse Pugliarvi, the Oilers. They're not going to stand pack going into next season. You know, they know what happened when they got swept by the Colorado Avalanche. They played well against the Calgary Flames and the Los Angeles Kings, but you know, that 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 kind of sweep is not going to slide up in Edmonton. And honestly, you know, I would offer, you know, quite a bit for Pugliarvi, you know, definitely something like Kisperi Kapanen, you know, even though I, I'm higher on POJ than most, I think I would offer him in that package with Kapanen potentially a draft pick. I've seen people say they would offer a first round pick. Now I would maybe offer, you know, I know they don't have their second in this year's draft, you know, but if you can offer a second and, you know, maybe next year or something like that, or, you know, a third round pick or something like that, along with a roster player like Kapanen, who you know, could also use a change of scenery and a, a defensive prospect in POJ, who probably should be able to make the Oilers blue line next year. I, you know, I, I would be curious to see um, if Ken Holland would do that deal. Because, um, you know, I, I think in some ways, again, it does make sense, you know, he's getting – I'm a defensive prospect who, you know, the Oilers' blue line is absolutely cheeks. Um, Duncan Keith is not what he once was. Darnell Nurse is good, but he makes a lot of money. Uh, Cody CC is fine, but that contract is a lot. Evan Bouchard, you know, he's, he's gonna he's gonna be pr pretty good here, I would say um, soon. But you know, there's just you know, Brett Kulak, fine defensive addition at the deadline, but is he gonna come back to Edmonton? Who knows? You know, I definitely think POJ could beat out at least a couple of those players um, on that blue line. Again, you know, moving back and, you know, as for, again, as for Kasperi Kapanen, I mean, we all know how he struggled this year with putting the puck in the net. You know, maybe Jay Woodcroft, assuming he does um, sign an extension with Edmonton. And I, I, I would think he will because he led them to the conference final and the Oilers were legit good. Under him, I mean, the, their underlying numbers well over fifty percent in every category. Uh, unlike under Dave Tippett, you know, they were below fifty percent. I mean, he really took over that team and coached them well. Um, it, it really was not his fault that the team got swept in four games by the Avalanche. I mean, the Avs are just, oh, uh, excuse me, oh, do not usually yawn during a podcast. Um, the Avalanche are just, you know, they're, they're that freaking good. So he should be back, rightfully so, unless the team decides to go after Barry Trotz something like that. But, you know, I could see them, you know, maybe putting Kapanen in the top six. You know, could he ride shotgun to Connor McDavid? You know, I, I would have to think just because of how dynamic McDavid is, Kapanen would get quite a bit of looks every game. You would have to think that he would bury a decent chunk of those. But, you know, if he does the same thing he did in Pittsburgh and 
pulls up, button hooks back, looks to pass first and doesn't use his blazing speed and his nice shot, then, you know, it, it could look bad for Edmonton. But, you know, I, I would still take that chance if I were the Penguins and, you know, look into getting Pujarvi. Um, He's a great fit um, in your top nine, can play with um, basically any of their centers. In my opinion, he's, he's a pure right winger. So, um, you know, that would be honestly a really good Ricard Raquel replacement because as of right now, um, I do not expect Raquel to be back next year. Um, and that's just because, you know, the salary cap situation. Um, and, you know, and if we do dig deeper here into Pujarvi's numbers, 16 total playoff games for the Oilers, 155, uh, 55 minutes was on the ice. Uh, when he was on the ice, the Oilers had 53% of the shot attempts, um, 500 in goals, so 50% for actual goals, um, 54% of the scoring chances, 62% of the high danger chances for, and then 75% of the actual high danger goals for had uh, three, had, um, excuse me, um, three total points at 5v5 um, for the Oilers in the playoffs. So um, while his counting stats weren't as good as they were in the regular season, his underlyings were still really solid. And, you know, that's encouraging for me uh, for someone who is still only 24. You know, these, these are his peak years. You know, once even a player goes to, you know, to age 27 or age 28, you know, that's usually when they start going on the decline just a little bit. You know, you can still get really, really good years out of them, but they're not going to be as good, you know, as, you know, as they are in 24, you know, 22, 23, or even 25 and 26. You know, I will always say, you know, those years, 22 to 26, those are your peak years in the NHL. After that, you know, you're probably, it's your stats aren't going to be as good unless you're just a generational talent like Sidney Crosby, Alex Ovechkin, Connor McDavid, Alston Matthews, um, all those kind of guys. So um, it would be fun. You know, I, I'll be curious to see um, if Pujarvi, um is indeed traded. In terms of where he is on Frank Saravelli's list, uh, I'm going to go down here and see. Um, yeah, he has him at 15, and uh, Frank says it's a safe bet that one of Pugliarvi or Yamamoto will not be returning to the Oilers. Both are fan favorites, but both require new deals. Likely both raises in Ken Holland and Nanj. Edmonton will have to watch every dollar. He even said, am I willing to trade some assets in a deal that will make us better? Yes, I am. There you go. He, he's he's willing to do deals. This is a perfect opportunity for the Penguins to get um, younger and faster going into Sidney Crosby's twilight years, especially if they do bring back Evgeny Malkin and Crystal Tang. These are the kind of moves that can set you set yourself up to contend again next year if you make other you know good changes around the margins of your roster. That that is the end of this segment, and you know I'm, I'm curious to see um, again if the Penguins are involved in this. Um, coming up in the next segment, we're going to uh, touch on Tristan Jari's season review and what to expect from him moving forward. Um, but before I get to that, don't you love a chewy chocolatey brownie? What about a caramel brownie with caramel swirled on top? It's so good. And what if I told you that you can have all that chewy chocolate deliciousness plus 17 grams of protein? You are in luck because caramel brownie bars are available at built.com right now. And you got to act fast because they are a fan favorite. Forget about dessert. These are better than desserts. Plus the macros are unreal. You have 130 calories, 17 grams of protein, only four grams of sugar. I would replace a regular brownie with built caramel brownie bars in a heartbeat. And the best part, caramel brownies bars are covered in 100% real chocolate, like for real. And with Built, you don't have to sacrifice tasty for healthy. You can have both. You can go to Built.com, use promo code LOCK15, and get 15% off your order with one of those. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off 
at built.com. All right, I'm back here on this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow this show's Twitter at Eleanor Square Penguins. As I'm checking the score of the Rangers um, lightning game, it looks like there is still no score um, with only a few minutes left in the first period. Um, again, hoping that this is potentially the final game um, of the year for Madison Square Garden. So, Let's get to Tristan Jari's season review here. So played in 58 games. Um, the biggest thing for him going into next year for me, um, he cannot start that many games again. Um, you know, the, the time has passed where a goalie is starting close to 60 games a year, or, you know, even 65 games a year. Heck, even a few years ago, there were goalies that were starting, you know, 68 to 70 games. And that's just, you, you can't do that. Even 58 for him, I think is too much. You can tell that he was worn down towards the end of the year. Um, I'm not going to say, you know, Anders Lee but it didn't uh, – what, what's the word I'm trying to say here? I'm not going to say Anders Lee, you know, did it deliberately. I, I do not think that was dirty at all. Um, but I do think with how Jari was playing down the stretch, it looked like he was more prone to getting hurt just because of how, you know, he, he was looking gassed. To say the least, he put up great numbers in, for the first half of the regular season and honestly the first two thirds because he was playing really freaking good and he was actually, you know, getting decent rest. But, you know, all those starts, and, you know, all the starts in the second half of the season, and I, I, I like, I cannot speak right now. All right. Okay. Anyways, you know, by the time the end of the regular season came, after Jari got all of those starts in the first half when Casey DeSmith was playing really bad, you could tell that he was gassed. There we go. That was what I was trying to say. I apologize for sounding like a complete and utter buffoon for those last 15 to 20 seconds. Um, you know, they need to get a backup in there that can spell him a little bit and maybe have him start, you know, 50 to maybe 52 games. Heck, even, you know, eight less starts could do the trick, and, and the other goalie maybe gets 30 to 32 games. I think that would be a totally good thing for him. I mean, you know, when Jari got hurt with that injury, there were still a couple weeks left in the regular season, you know, he easily would have had, you know, 60 to 62 tar- starts, something like that. Again, that's that's too much for today's NHL. If he's at around, you know, 47 to 50, I, I think that's a better number for him. And, you know, despite him getting hurt at the end of the regular season, you know, Still played well in the 58 games, saved almost 13 goals above expected, 919 total save percentage at all situations. Um, that's above league average, and the Penguins can win with that level of goaltending. He is going into a contract year where if he plays at that level again, and you know, there's a chance that the Penguins might not be able to afford him, he will go out on the open market and he will make a decent amount of money. You know, I, I am of the belief that you probably shouldn't pay a goalie, a crap ton of money, unless you know what you're going to get from him every year, like an Igor Shesterkin, like an Andre Vasilevsky, you know, like a Connor Hellebuck, you know, goalies like that. You know, those are probably the three main goalies who I would probably only break the bank for. Maybe Ilya Sorokin, he's going to be probably just as good. Um, really seeing 2.42 goals against average, expected goals against average up 2.65. His expected, his save percentage on unblocked shots was 9.55. His expected save percentage on unblocked shots was 9.50. So, um, you know, again, he was very good this year. And, and, you know, again, finished tied for 10th 
and goals saved above expected with Sorokin. It's pretty crazy that him and Sorokin were um, neck for neck this year. And, you know, I expect him to be at that level again next year. You know, I think he's going to take what happened to him this season to Harden. I know it was kind of a fluke play at the end of a, of a regular season game in garbage time. That That's what hurts the most. You know, the game was over. It was what, four to one at that time, or four to two, something like that. Four to one, four to two. And there's less than four minutes left in the third period. And, you know, Andersley, you know, just bangs into his foot and breaks it. Um, just awful, awful timing, especially with two to two and a half weeks left in the regular season. He was on pace to, you know, have his redemption story. And I thought he was mainly fine in game seven against the Rangers. I, I know I've seen the stats where that probably won't tell you that but you know he was also coming he was also obviously playing at like 50 to 60 60 percent health the penguins were only using him in that game because they had no other choice to they were hoping to get through that series with louis Domingue in five games so that he could get that rest that he needed because i'm sure he probably would have played um in the second round against the uh carolina hurricanes who ended up being the boston bruins um, but I, I thought he was solid. Um, I thought he shot a lot of people up this year, and rightfully so. His movement was awesome. Um, he was tracking the puck very well compared to last year. He was playing um, you know, a lot more further out compared to 2020-2021. Uh, Andy Kyoto did some great work with him, and I think you're only going to see that continue um, for 2022-2023. I think he deserves to be the starting goaltender on this team. You know, what, what happens behind him there? Um, that remains to be seen. I mean, Casey Smith, great news on him. He was back on the ice today, and that was basically only a month uh, since he had the surgery to repair the torn groin um, that he, or, or, whatever, or whatever it was. I think he said it was his groin or his hip. Um, so the fact that he's already in full equipment back on the ice, that's great news. Um, it remains to be seen that the Penguins are going to bring him back. I mean, I'm sure he'll be cheap as a backup, but you know, is Ron Hextall willing to bet on this tandem again after what happened this season, I mean, sure, you don't plan um, for both of your goaltenders to get hurt. I mean, you, you can't. I mean, that's just that's the reality situation. But, you know, is he prepared to bring DeSmith back and take the chance that he's really bad in the first half and then Jari has to start basically every game and then he looks like he's worn, it looks like he's worn out and fatigued by the end of the year? Or, you know, does he go out and sign a veteran backup during the offseason? That's going to be, you know, my biggest question. I've been talking about that all offseason at this point. So great job by Tristan Jarry this season. I basically give his year um, an A. Um, you know, it, it, people can argue for A minus, B plus, something like that. Um, but, you know, in my opinion, he, he definitely deserves an A grade. Um, but that'll do it on this episode for the Locked on Penguins podcast. I appreciate all of you listening to this one. I'll be back with another episode on Friday. We'll continue the season reviews and hopefully get to some more trade dar- targets. And I'm hopefully going to start doing some draft prep um, that is probably the one area of expertise that I do not have. Um, I, I want to get more involved to do it. I want to dive into some of these prospects that could be in play for the Penguins uh, right at the number 21 overall pick. I'm going to try to potentially bring on some people who are a lot smarter than me um, with the draft, to say the least. They can um, at least educate me. You know, I, I always am down to learn more about young players and that kind of stuff, and I, I want to ha- I want to hopefully share that experience with you all on this podcast uh, too. So again, thank you all so much for listening. Appreciate um, everyone that continues to listen during the off season. And we'll be back with one more episode for this week uh, tomorrow on Friday.